Was it a vacation? Uh, for you, it was a vacation. For me, it was just entering the void. I'm an, I'm an NPC in the story of your life. You were just in a different zone, so I wasn't loaded in. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've exhausted all of your dialogue, actually. Yeah. I, uh, you are the firekeeper. You're my firekeeper. Yeah. Uh, seek bearer, seek, seek less. <laughs> Uh, so it's my job to decipher your fucking riddles. Yeah. Is, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of, I think, well, before we get into that, welcome back to King of the Shill. Mm-hmm. We're back from vacation. Again, like Scott alluded to, somewhat of a different vacation for, for both of us. If you've, if you've been uh, paying attention and following along, I had a baby. I had something that left my nutsack and now I hold it <laughs> in my arms. It's it's, it's kind of crazy. Right. Like it's, it's crazy to think, it's crazy to think about it that way Yeah, where it's like, sometimes I'll be holding her and I'll just be like, you were in my balls. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's, that's like yeah. a, that's like a popular, like not insult, but that's something that like old boomers will say to younger people sometimes. At least I remember my dad's friend saying it to me. He's like, I've been doing this since before you were a twinkle in your dad's nuts, kid. Right. Like shit like that. <laughs> Yeah, I always wondered too. Like, I think the expression that I've heard a lot is "before you were a twinkle in your parents' eye," mm-hmm. and like, I don't know if I would ever describe my daughter as like formerly the twinkle in my eye. Yeah, because my eyes were largely bloodshot and dilated until she came along. Yeah, for the, mo- for the most part. <laughs> so it's probably less of a twinkle and more of like a she was like an afterthought in your eye. Yeah, for for, for a while. an after image. Yeah, exactly. But we're back. We're back. We're excited to be back because we have more shills on the on the loose on yes. the way mm-hmm. on the way. Not not today, though. Not today, though. No, uh, because because this is after all, Scott, this is king of the shill where Scott and I my name is Chris. If you forgot, Scott and I try to shill each other on things that either of us might not be into or might not have a whole lot of experience with. And we haven't been shilling much lately because of aforementioned nutsack things. And on both sides. Right. And um, <laughs> and so we're we're coming back. We're excited to be back. We've like I said, we've got some shills on the horizon. But before we do that, we just wanted to dip our toes back in and try to see if we fucking remember how to podcast. Right. Yes. Can we remember well, basic conversation? Yeah, I think we can. I think we can. And, um, you know, Firekeeper. Mm hmm. There's been a whole lot of fucking Elden Ring that's come out lately. Yes. A lot of footage, a lot of lot of news and lots of information. I think that's something that we're both excited for, right? Yes, uh, definitely. I was trying my best not to be hyped because in general, I'm over hype culture. Uh, I don't like being yeah. excited for things <laughs> only to be disappointed. But I have unfortunately become hype. I watched about four hours of footage today across various sources. I've heard lots of takes from people's whose opinions I respect and whose opinions I don't. And I've come out of the other side, very fucking excited. So I know we want to talk about that a little bit. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, so I think that one of the interesting things to me about this game is, but correct me if I'm wrong, but do you remember when they first announced it? They were like, 
George R. R. Martin is writing yeah. the story. Yeah. And that has like disappeared from, well, from the well, from the ad so package. What actually happened is that he wrote the lore of the world. So like he wrote a story that they then used as the creation mythos for the game. And then they wrote the game story. But that's the thing is I, I remember the articles being like, because they just said, like I think it was uh Miyazaki said we're working with G- GRR. And everybody was like, what the fuck do you mean you're working with GRR? And they had to right. like kind of pussyfoot around what they were actually doing with him. But yeah, my understanding is he created like the creation mythos, how the world came to be and that they're writing the game story, which honestly, I kind of prefer that. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say, like, I I would much rather him just be like, I'll build the world. Right. Right. Because rather than like, I'll do the narrative. I mean, like spoilers to anybody listening who hasn't watched Game of Thrones and Don't. who doesn't read uh, Song of Ice and Fire. The Fisher King theory is reinforced by the ending of the show. Bran being the guy owning, uh, getting on the throne in the end. Right. And it's it's yeah. very well laid out in the books that it could very well happen. And. I'm assuming that D&D used like a lot of material he may have talked about like what his ideas were when they right. eventually wrapped it up and yikes son right it's it, <laughs> cool world I mean, but jesus you didn't know how to land that plane you know what i mean <laughs> i mean people people kept my my favorite thing was like i kept hearing like well, what did you expect them to do? They only had his bullet points. And I'm like, well, I expected them to do more than just take the bullet points and say, put it on screen. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, I, I am, I am really excited to see what this, because so far the footage that I've seen, the world in general looks very comfy. Right. And like in the typical from soft way, comfortable because it, it, like you said, it literally is dark souls Four. I yeah. mean, I don't think there's any denying no. that it's Dark Souls 4. I even said this to you, like one of my concerns about the game was like seeing the early, early footage, like when it's just a couple of GIFs that are like five seconds long. It's like that animation is from Dark Souls 3, right? Like I know what this yep. weapon is and what it does. So, oh boy, right? You open the collar, you're sweating a little bit. But I was I was trying to give them the best possible interpretation, which is, well, if they were going to make something that's astronomically large, it would make sense that they would want to fall back on this engine that they're so comfortable with at this point, like Dark Souls one, two, three, multiple versions of those. Uh, uh, Sekiro, I think Demon Soul, no, Demon Souls is Blue Point. So, but uh, Bloodborne, right? They would want right. to fall back on that engine, and they want to cut down on dev time by using some of those assets again and that's fine as long as the overall package delivers but really for me i think it's just like as long as it can maintain the things that make it dark souls like as always anytime the word from soft appears there's this very stupid discourse on twitter about like the game should have easy mode and all this kind of stuff right for yep. me dark souls and all the from soft games even armored core like a lot of people are talking about this stuff and they don't really know anything about FromSoft, right? Even Armored right. Core, they make the games they want to make for a more niche audience, right? Like this doesn't have to be a game for everyone. They have a, a unique vision of what it should be like 
and they try and make it accessible by like they have like the summoning systems in Dark Souls, but they want you to experience this vision. And in a world where there's so many AAA games that don't have this like just this feel to it, Dark Souls has an identity that is immutable. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. When you don't have that, it's just like, well, I could have gone and played any of these other games. Why don't you? Right. Leave this alone. This is a this is a good thing for people like me. So it, for me, it's just as long as they can maintain that that identity, that that meta feeling of dark Souls, yeah. right that's 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 going to be the key i think it's like it's it becomes part of the package in a way where i i think it uh depends on your interpretation of what FromSoft games are and specifically the soul series like uh nanky jakey has a video that um i really like about dark souls where it's just him he's like laying in bed and he's talking about his experience with dark souls one and it's specifically framed within the context of like the impact of playing the game and what it had on his mental health at the time and the period of his life that he was in and how it kind of like taught, it kind of taught him a lesson about perseverance in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. think that like, you know, video games, any art really is going to have that level of interpretation from people, um, especially if it really speaks to you. Right. Like I would, I would probably tell you that, you know, some of the books that I've read in my life, and some of the games that I've played and some of the comics that I've experienced when I was a teenager were massively uh, influential to me. And I would probably frame it as like, well, this saved my life, right? right. Like at, at a certain period of time, right? And I, I think that's the thing that really sticks out to me about the conversation behind, you know, FromSoft games and the, uh, uh, you know, like the cries for an easy mode or something that makes it a little bit more accessible is like, alongside of the identity that it, it it innately gives the the property it's also this aspect of like it doesn't just fade into the ether right it's not like like i'm playing the guardians of the galaxy game right now because i picked it up when it came out as i was on paternity leave and had some time to kill so i was like well i'll, I'll play this i have a rig to to push the next gen graphics i want to see how much i can push it i want to see how gorgeous it is right and it is gorgeous but like the second I'm done with this game, I'm fucking done with it. Like yeah. it's going to just fade into all of the AAA schlock that I've played alongside shit like Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order and recently and uh, uh, e even some aspects of The Witcher 3 kind of just like get this amalgamation of like, eh, it's kind of forgettable because it feels like everything else. It just feels so accessible right. that I can just pick up and play it. That yes, it has qualities to it that stick out and stand out and make me make it memorable but and i brought this example up to you the other day offline of it's not yosefka's clinic right yeah right it's not it's not the experience of encountering rom the vacuous spider and just having this moment of okay this is really fucking hard persevering to 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 see the fight through and then being rewarded by the game saying welcome to the actual game yeah right like you you thought that was bad like we're just getting started but yeah. th this is the problem with the discussion about difficulty in video games in general right it's i think it's i think this is actually the lowest iq conversation that people have about video games is difficulty because <laughs> yeah. like beyond like artistic representation beyond like boob sliders and any type of low-hanging fruit this is honestly i think the the dumbest 
conceivable conversation you can have about video games because to me it is watching movies with the sound off difficulty is a integral part of a video game whether or not that game was designed to be accessible so like for example i just recently started playing dusk i have a massive backlog I've been trying oh, to get so through good. while Dusk is so uh, good. you were on dad leave and yes. boomer shooters are a part of that. And Dusk yes. has an accessible mode that is extremely fucking easy. Right. And right. that's fine. It is perfectly OK that that ha- that game has that because ultimately the game is about setting a challenge level for yourself that you can iterate on. You don't have to interface with any of the uh, immersive sim-esque qualities of Dusk. You don't even have to learn how to like weapon cycle, right? On the most accessible difficulty, you could probably just use the sickles the whole time, this melee weapon, right? right? So that's perfectly fine, but it is still an integral part of it. You can watch a movie with the sound off, but you're not going to get the whole experience. It's the same thing with any given video game. It's the reason why Nintendo for years has not included difficulty settings in a lot of their landmark games because they are trying to tell a specific story with a specific difficulty setting, right? Yeah, they they right. want a shared experience and an understanding of the systems. So it's one of these things where it's like, well, you get these comments. I don't want, I don't want to belabor this point forever because it's like also the most low, it's the most... <laughs> bad faith argument too yeah, right where it's like right. you just hate disabled people or you hate that people want to play your game or you're crying that there's an easy mode because you're a, a real gamer tm like all these stupid arguments it's just this thing of like ultimately the the artist making the thing hidetaka miyazaki has said himself right like that they want everybody on the same level to have the same conversation And you can see in the real world why this mattered, because look at the reverence this series gets. Every fucking component of this game is a brick wall from the lore to the art to the gameplay. Every fucking part of it is a brick wall. So it became a community effort, uh, one that we haven't seen in such a very long time outside of like an MMO, right, to figure out any part of it right so like when people say oh well like i should be able to enjoy the art and the lore or whatever like first of all you can watch a youtube video or whatever but second of all that wasn't for free either right (laughs) vati vidya put in the fucking work man that dude like made a career off of dark souls trying to figure out this basically paragraph of text at a time right on items that you may not even see in the course of your playthrough so yep Elden to wrap it back all into Elden Ring. I I'm, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about the gameplay stuff because I know you haven't seen some of the footage coming out from the influencers yet. But yeah, right. I I think that it has the potential to take that kind of experience to the next level. It's going to depend on words. yeah. It's going to depend on how much content is really there. I know that uh, a content creator, both of us, like uh, the Spear Hunter, Susie, mm-hmm. uh, she yeah. just uploaded her video and she gave a dissenting opinion on some of the dungeons that they felt kind of short and samey that I hadn't heard from other people covering the same content. So I, right. I think there's going to be like this immutable quality to it of like there, there has to be enough stuff that 
keeps you interested. If I get bored of going to dungeons, then the game has failed. Right. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, with it, with the promise of the game being, you know, an open world iteration on this, on their style, you know, the, the, the words open world strike the fucking fear of God in me. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, we talk about films being checklist, checklist content, right? Open world games for the, for the large part of it, that's checklist content, the game, right? It's not, it's not even something like an MMO where it's like, oh, well, it's fetch quests, right? It's just like, well, go get this thing or go kill that thing and come back to me and I'll give you something for it. Look at Far Cry. Jesus. Yeah. The epitome of this. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's literal checklist content. Assassin's Creed, right? Yeah. Get all the viewpoints, right? Get all, get all the relics, Mm -hmm. you know, collect all the feathers, right? right? It's all this shit that's like, and these these types of components exist in other games, right? Like uh, finding collectibles and, you know, or outfits and costumes for the yeah. playable characters and stuff and secret hidden alcoves. But like open world games that specifically are built around the concept of an open world tend to skew in the favor of making the checklist the content. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think the promise of of that open world Dark Souls-esque game is a it's a big one because it's like i don't feel that from games be it bloodborne or dark souls or even demon souls suffer from that from that because there are no checklists in it it's completely entirely up to you outside of the on rails direction of the game that you're supposed to go you can miss bosses like you said you can miss items you can never see something in your game that somebody else specifically goes and gets because they know where it's at if you don't look it up or if you don't spend the time to find that specific thing so you know that inside of an open world right especially something with elden ring which is i feel like that's sort of what breath of the wild did where it was like we're not going to give you a checklist but we're just going to give you a world to explore right and you can go explore it right yeah but elden ring has a concept that bites off probably a thousand times more than breath of the wild did. Yeah. Right? Well, so like, that's the thing that I'm going to be paying attention to a lot. Yeah. I agree with you. Cause like even breath of the wild has like, it has checklist content. It's not the focus. Like you said, yeah. but like right. it has Korok seeds. It has all this kind of stuff, but it lived and died well, in its case. It lived on the systems, right? It's the same reason I'm having fun with Forza horizon, which is a racing game that is checklist. The game. Right. It's an open world Mm -hmm. racing game where, okay, well, there's in this little town, there's 20 experience signs I have to crash through. And then I had to go and do this speed check where I had to go a certain amount of speed. These games are fun. Breath of the Wild, Forza Horizon, these types of games, because their gameplay loop, at least for me, is the appeal. And that's what it focuses on. Right. Breath of the Wild is haha, funny physics. I throw an iron sword at a bokoblin and it picks it up and the, the, the lightning shocks it. Ha ha. Right. That never gets yeah. old. <laughs> right. It's not contingent on the fact that when I say, Ooh, I want to see what's on the top of that mountain and I go up and it's just an amazing view and maybe a gag, right? Like there's one mountain you can climb up and there's a guy that's at a hot spring that's supposed to find you true love. And it starts an inconsequential little quest where you go and basically you basically hook him up with a Gerudo woman. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's like things like that if if the entire game is contingent on whether or not i like that like elden ring is shaping up to be you gotta fucking stick that every time 
And what's yep. what's so interesting about what I've seen is that in in the small amount of the game they've been able to play, if you didn't do these dungeons, you're not getting like skills. Like you're not getting the ability to that you're not getting the ash of war they're called that replaces a weapon skill that lets you summon basically Virgil's summon swords. You just don't get that because you didn't explore. And that's compelling, right? That's yeah. that gives you stakes to actually doing something. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's an immersiveness to it and an emergency to it, right? Like it's um, it's it's the same thing that that pops you in in, in any immersive sim where, you know, you like, you know, pray, for example, right? Like we were talking about um, when we played that a couple years ago, yeah. kind of at the same time, it's like, you know, the immersive sims do that in a way it's like okay these things are really tough and my shotgun isn't doing anything against them oh i can just pick up a fucking cabinet and throw it and it just smushes them and he can't get out from under it right? yeah like mm -hmm. this thing is this thing is almost immune to bullets but it can't lift a cabinet up if i stick it on him right so like it's those kind of things that um like it's it's really enticing you know so and especially when it when it revolves around like you said like dope dope abilities right like sick things that you can do in the game i mean i go nuts for even one of the things that i like the most about this guardians of the galaxy game is that it has costumes that you can get for the cast and they're all like a lot of them are like these really deep sort of comic book throwbacks to the characters that i just i can't get enough of searching for them and finding them because it requires me to actually sort of play emergently a little bit right, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the things that really grab me about it. So, I mean, I think beyond that, right, so far the thing that I like the most about Elden Ring, and we'll talk about this a million times over, is if the magic pays off as big as it looks like it's going to from the footage that I've seen, I'm going to be a happy fucking camper. Yeah. It's it's interesting because, like, the a lot of the, the influencers are saying, like, yo, magic is, like, the easy OP. mode this time which yeah interests me but like I, I i want to see how far they take it the fact that they're like they're decoupling some of the build stuff from purely leveling up and making it like world discoverable right like i i wonder by the end game will will we still have this concept of builds like obviously we will because you have to, you still have to put points into stats just like we always have in a souls game but like is it going to be more of this thing of you are the doom slayer that has this fucking arsenal of shit and it's less about i went strength and i'm using fugs right i'm using fume ultra greatsword <laughs> yeah. it's more about i have this stat spread that lets me combine this alchemical concoction of destruction of three things, right? Like this, this special skill on this weapon with this spell is just disgusting. Like that type of thing, right? That that's yeah. going to be the fun. To, that's going to be the fun part to discover. Exactly. I mean, and it, it, because it, it adds on to that. Um, you know, we talk about this all the time in roguelikes, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the thing, one of the games that I've been just, you know, buying my time with, you know, as always, is Slay the Spire. And my favorite build, and this is just a really basic build, but my favorite build on the defect character, which is like the spell summon character who has engines that you can get going, 
is to just make an orb genning lightning build that revolves around the electrodynamics card that makes your lightning shocks hit every single enemy right mm-hmm. that are on the field because you can just when you find the right combination of cards and skills you can just kill somebody like kill and a big beefy enemy or a few like pretty threatening enemies in one hand like it's yeah it's mega mega fun and so i don't i don't think i mind as much if it's down to that right if it's down to something where it's like obviously there are going to be guides online and people talking about like oh this is the most oh kill the hardest boss with this skill combo yeah but in terms of like my personal experience with it that's that that is what i want out of the spellcasting exactly that i want this oh this does this Oh, and if I if I put it on the sword, right, it does this mm-hmm. to that type of enemy, and then if I drink this potion before I fight them, yeah, now we're talking, you yeah. Know? So, yeah, I mean, you know, that I think it looks really cool. If you, it, I mean, for anybody that's into dark fantasy, and I mean, Dark Souls, Dark Souls is dark fantasy epitomized, in my opinion. Elden Ring tends to skew a little bit. I think so far based on what I've seen into it's not as grim, but it still has that like uh, grotesque value to it while still maintaining this really fantastical high fantasy vibe that it carries throughout. It's kind of like it almost almost like it uh, it's like a, an air that sits over the visuals, you know? Right. Um, I'm really excited to see that in the mounted combat. I think the mounted combat looks fucking cool. Yeah, the if they were going to keep the engine, the fact that they're adding on so many systems is what really makes it exciting. There's some stuff you'll see, too. So I recommended to Chris that he watched specifically Iron Pineapple's YouTube video. Iron Pineapple is a known Souls uh, YouTuber. He's kind of a memer, right? He made a lot of videos like of him bullying people online, basically with like <laughs> with like crazy builds. So Yeah, right. Um, Naked builds and shit. Yeah, exactly. So uh his video is about 30 minutes and it's like the most purely informative one I've saw or it's oh, like nice. Vadi Vidya does kind of like a he kind of like weaves a story of a brief playthrough he does. And there's a lot of people that are doing more of a traditional like games journalism approach. His is kind of just 30 minutes of like, hey, new mechanic. Let me explain how it works. Moving on. This thing is different now, like that type of content. Right. That video shows so many things that range from the subtle but massive to the like outright wow that's really cool like i i don't know how that's going to impact things so yeah well what was the thing because 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 it's out there and you can go see it so it's not as much of a spoiler so what what was that thing the so the number one thing that he saw he showed that i was excited for was the fact that there is a new type of potion so you you oh, got this okay. right without even saying it. And <laughs> he didn't explain. Actually, this might have been Vati that even brought it up. It might not have. It's all blending together for me. But uh, there's like the summons, which I get why they're there. Right. There's a lot more bigger battles this time. You need like people to help you with aggro. There's the new combat stuff and like swapping the skills out. Swapping the skills out is huge. So uh, you can I'll say the top two things. Uh, you find these items now that when you equip them to a weapon, they change its weapon art, which are back and they're important. Oh, but also good. it changes the scaling of the weapon. So if you get a weapon, really? yeah. So if you get a spear, 
you can make it an intelligence spear, a, uh, a magic spear, as long as you have a one of these skill things that lets you make it a magic spear. That's fucking yeah. sick. It's really cool. But there's also this potion. I can't remember the name of it where you find tears in the world and you combine, at least in what he saw, two tears together and the potion has different effects and you, it refills every time you say it. What is essentially a bonfire and the potion he made? It was it was Vati because the potion he made for his video first healed him and then blew him up <laughs> and he used it as a weapon in a boss fight. Oh, my and God. I was like, that's amazing. I was like, what the fuck is this? Right. Like, what is the yeah. point of this? And that's the type of thing where, you know, they're going to add like really interesting things, not specifically just that potion, but the right. idea of like new consumables or whatever that just have tons of functions. So that's cool. I mean, mm-hmm. especially if it's something is if it's something is like meme worthy is like well this healed me and it blew me up and i'm gonna go use it in a boss fight to deal you know megaton damage to this boss right you just like my mind is just like going all over the place with that type of shit you know what i mean like like repellent potions and like you know like uh like uh life force draining potions and shit like that and i could foresee potions that like change the world a little bit like Oh, like this fog is poisonous. However, I have this tear, so now it heals me instead, or something like that. Like, right? Uh, like, it yeah. creates, like, okay, I could get to stuff early or even get to things you wouldn't normally be able to because I use my brain a little bit. It touches on a lot of what attracts me about a well done CRPG. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. it, it has that, um, it has that feeling of you're out thinking the game. Yeah. You know, like it's it's not it's not that the it's not that the devs didn't put this in your way for you to find, but it's more so that they clearly had a specific challenge that they wanted you to face, but how you faced it didn't matter. Right. You know. Let's well, so I'm, yeah. Yeah, I I mean I think we're in agreement. Like I I love part of my my favorite type of gameplay experience is when the game is ball crushingly hard, but it makes you a god like yeah it's like just figure it out bro and then it's like okay well this enemy that could one shot me i am just like pirouetting on his grave right now because i figured out this thing that he just (laughs) cannot cope with right like that's the most like it's it's the it's the money shot moment of gaming right i figured this motherfucker out so yeah and i mean there are so so many examples of that in the soul series and uh specifically in bloodborne um, even though after after you get like like the first one or two of those, like, you know, fire paper kind of becomes yeah. a little bit, you know, cheesy after a certain point. But, you know, that's Souls is like the Soul series is known for that from software is known for those kind of experiences. So it's it's cool that it seems to be trending in the space of like, well, we're expanding the concept into open world and with it, all of these other like branching aspects of the types of games that we've built and they're going to add sort of that uh, emergent style um, no, thought process on top of it. Right. It's I'm so excited, man. Like I, I'm really glad that there's co-op in it because yeah. I, I mean, I love doing co-op in souls games, like just memeing bosses and shit like that. Like stun locking, like big beefy guys that like were cramming their fucking fist up your ass before. Right. 
ultra, ultra satisfying. Um, and I just, I just can't wait to experience it, man. Like, I think, I think it's like the visuals that I've seen so far of the vistas and everything, like you were, you were mentioning that, that they look like a matte painting. And I think that's so on point. Like it, it has those vibes of a higher quality version of like when you're watching Star Trek and you see like Jordy and Riker, like walk out onto a cliff and the vista behind them. And it looks like Bob Ross painted it. You know, you were never supposed to see Star Trek in that high of a quality, but yes, (laughs) it just has that thing of like it, it it adds so much tone to where it it doesn't feel real and it's a suspension of disbelief thing because you and i both know that no shit it's not fucking real it's a video game right it's being (laughs) rendered but the fact that you can have that moment of like wow this is like otherworldly right as opposed to this kind of blase like yeah it's a castle right yeah that's something special that they're they're able they've got a really good grasp on how to visually entice a player right yeah yeah exactly yeah i am uh i'm psyched man when does that come out february February. dude oh that's right because i'm a destiny slut it comes out the fucking same week as the next expansion uh everything comes out in february i'll be dude. everything i'll be fucking neck deep in final fantasy rating well, the Steam Deck doesn't come out in February. Well, at least Wait, for me. I, th- I thought Endwalker got pushed back. Endwalker got pushed back two weeks. It'll be oh, out okay. in a couple weeks here. The first raid okay. tier drops oh, at the beginning okay. of the new year. So Okay, I gotcha. Okay. So we got that. Uh, you've got Destiny. Fucking Elden Ring. Lost Ark comes out. There's I mean, oh, there's so fuck, much. Yeah. There's so much shit that comes out in February. It's, it's a very stacked month. But yeah, it, it, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. Uh, we'll, we're going to talk about Unring a lot more, but we yeah. de- definitely recommend checking it out. Um, you know, it, it should be good. It's uh, and if you've never if you've never played any of the Souls games, take it from Scott's cousin, who <laughs> is now saying that Bloodborne is like his second favorite game ever yeah. after being afraid of it for a long time. <laughs> he's a, he's the poster child for why the difficulty setting as it is and the lack of them matter because. He absolutely he gave up on multiple games. He told me several times they were shit and they were just designed to give you a headache. And he absolutely would have just played on the absolute easiest mode and shit on everything. But he beat that entire game, went on to beat the entire series. And I've seen him play now. I've been to his house and he like whoops these bosses fucking ass. Right. Yeah. And he feels like a god. And it's like that's part of the experience that I still have the text message. I saved it of the first time <laughs> he beat the cleric beast. His first souls oh boss was god. the cleric beast. And he, he was yeah. like all caps like, yes, I beat this motherfucker finally. Right. Like that's that's the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. That. Whew, I mean, all right. Little just just a small little sidecar. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick one boss that gave you that out of the whole series just off the top of your head do any come to mind because i'm going to tell you right fucking now it's four kings for me uh the first for me it was probably capra demon the first time but i i'll tell you i tell you what fucked with me the first time was the nameless king oh my god i could the build i had in dark souls 3 i could not figure that dude out for a day like I, oh. I spent many hours trying to figure him out, dude. He's a son of a bitch. Yeah, he truly is. Like it's um, 
it's actually a little bit, and especially because I know the way that you play like RPGs and the types of builds that you do. Yeah, dude, <laughs> you need a straight up beefy boy strength build for that, dude. Yeah, it's like now now it's comical because I've played it enough where I'm like Lamau roll left, right? Like it's yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. I, I understand the boss, but at the time I was just like this motherfucker, I cannot hit this guy, right? Like yeah. if I try try and do anything. Like I, I was using like a um, fucking miracle build, like miracle spear, and uh, I actually wanted his weapon, so uh, I got a miracle spear and build. And like any time I would go to do a miracle, he would just fucking like annihilate me. Right? It's like yeah, right. The, the the yeah, it's, it's we have to move on. But Souls is such a special series, man. I I hope they continue to experiment too. I I am willing to take as a longtime Star Trek. Resident Evil, name eight other things that were great and suck now. Star Wars fan, uh, <laughs> I will take more of the same good thing, and I will shut up about it because it yeah. could be worse. Yeah, amen, amen. I mean, put that on my fucking headstone. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, but speaking of moving on, yeah. what else have you been into since 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 we've been out of here? I mean, fuck. What I mean, is it is it is it porn? Is it? Are you? Did you finish the? Did you finish the Chris Chan series? Uh, I did finish the Chris Chan series. I can't believe we didn't oh, talk about you that. You finished so, it. Oh. Uh, so we'll I'll go through some of the things I've been up to. So, um, I let's start with Chris Chan. So I finally <laughs> figured out. Uh, figured I finally oh. watched the entire uh current series for christian cracked christian yeah he is taking a break a well-deserved break in lieu of the uh i'm just gonna say it in lieu of the incest charges there's no point in uh tiptoeing around it so uh (laughs) christian has been writing letters from jail he now believes he is the reincarnation of jesus and andy warhol the dimensional merge is happening now very soon make peace with your original creations your ocs your original characters uh the dimensional merge will happen Chris is God and all prayers have been going to him for the last 40 years. Uh, when the dimensional merge happens, uh, we will be joined with universe C one nine seven. I believe it is. And all fictional characters will become real repent now. Uh, what else is there to say about him? Uh, all fictional characters will become. Uh, yeah, that's the, so that's the whole thing with I'm him. Into we'll, that. we'll do it. We are, we are going to do a Chris Chan series at some point, just not right now. <laughs> uh, but so he believes that uh, all fictional characters are real and exist in a universe that he helped to create, uh, which with his Sonichu comics. So it's just like a parallel universe theory. And these right. people basically gaslit him into believing that it is very real. And there is a merging of the dimensions happening right now. And eventually they Ooh. will merge. Yeah. Like a, like like it's a Marvel crossover or something. Right. Yeah. Like Crisis on Infinite Earths level shit. So. <laughs> Chris is on Infinite Earths. It's um <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I uh th- that person is not well. Yeah. Uh, that's that's all that I've gathered from my experience from listening to you talk about yeah, this. Yeah, she, she let me use her proper pronoun. She is a very disturbed person. She is the classic example of nature and nurture make a person where uh the fact that she is born autistic has played a big part in her stunted development but also the fact that her parents did very little to help her and she personally has done very little to change or improve herself uh it's a very sad story 
but it's also extremely fascinating. And if you can stomach how weird it gets, I think it is one of the most compelling stories of a person in the modern era. Cause it's just, it, it is truly unbelievable in a very real yeah. sense. I, I wait on bated breath to see if last podcast is going to do a series on, on her. Yeah. It's uh it's a lot. It's, it's to the point where there are 50 hours of YouTube documentary about Holy her shit. and that's like abridged and he's not done. So he's in 2016, I think right now. So. Oh yeah. my goodness. Five years behind. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well-deserved break indeed. Yeah. So, so, so outside of Chris Chan. Yeah. I've been, I've been trying to get through my backlog. So I've played some pretty cool games. Uh, I played Ori and the Blind Forest. I am a big fan of, uh, uh, Metroidvania style games. I grew up on Castlevania and Metroid. So big fan of those. Gotta say Ori and the Blind Forest was a little underwhelming. Very pretty. Really cool atmosphere. But I thought it was very short. Uh, also the storytelling was really good. But the story, the game was kind of short. And I didn't find the mechanics all that like interesting. I have high hopes for the next game, Will of the Wisps, which is in my backlog as well. Uh, it looks like they changed up the combat a little bit for that and added a bit more. It's more of like an open world Metroidvania this time. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard okay. you can kind of go anywhere from the start. So really excited to do that. I finished the outer wilds. I can't remember if we talked about that or not. Uh, we did quite possibly in terms of a complete package and vision versus execution. I think it is one of the greatest games ever made. Uh, I, I will say that in bold. I am not afraid of it. Uh, <laughs> we will be talking about the Outer Wilds in more detail sometime, but again, not right now. Uh, I need yeah. some time to think about it. I've also started to get into some boomer shooters in my backlog. Uh, I have a bunch to catch up on. I love... Yeah, you mentioned Dusk. Dusk was really good. Um, I still have, I think, the last episode, but I've uh, been playing through it. It's very fun. Uh, it's, it's great. My, my biggest... I, and this is kind of a nitpick. My biggest thing of it is that it's just kind of is a boomer shooter, which I don't know what I was expecting, but um, <laughs> it's it's just like, I guess it's like it's hard to play for a long time because I'm not the type Absolutely. of person that like ex obsesses. So yeah. I, great, great game. I'm sure I'll even play it again Phenomenal uh, later soundtrack. on. Down the oh, absolutely. I mean, um, so the, I mean, the the, uh, the Dusk soundtrack by Andrew Holschult, yeah. same guy that did the Proteus soundtrack mm -hmm. and the same guy that took over from Mick Gordon once he left Doom. It's uh, fucking phenomenal. And just in terms of the atmosphere overall of the game, too, it's like it's so dead on. It's it's very clearly an homage to the Quake era, and it nails that aesthetic while like not being a slave to it. The, the horror aesthetics, right? I'm a fan of Blood, the old 3D Realms game, the old build engine mm -hmm. game. And it kind of carries that torch of just being like a nonstop horror movie reference, which is super cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I've, I also started and put on the shelf to come back for a last cruelty squad. Have you ever seen cruelty okay. squad, Chris? I have not. No, it is a intentional assault on the senses. Uh, oh, let me describe some of the things of cruelty squad. So uh, the game looks like, you know, that scene in running man, that old movie where it's like all, hyper uh like shiny polygons and they're all like Fuck vivid yeah, colors that's what oh, the yeah. game looks like uh Ooh. to reload you need to hold right mouse button and pull the gun down uh the when you 
I'm giving away a little secret here, but when you hear it, you probably won't remember uh, to <laughs> to change difficulty and or to restore your light. Because when you die, you get a message that says the divine light has been severed. You are a flesh automaton uh, puppeted by something uh, which locks you out of a lot of the game's content. Basically, there's uh, you have to get the, light, the divine light back. You have to change your resolution to 480p because that's the only way to see a door <laughs> in a level. Yeah, it's it's it is an intentional assault on the senses from all angles, which is right up my fucking alley, but not something I want to do right before I play a bunch of other boomer shooters. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an in-game stock market. Uh, you can sell people's organs on the stock market or fish. Um, there's like an armor pickup that just turns you into a bunch of spheres. It, it's just, it is literally just an assault on the senses. That's the, that's the best way I can describe it. And it's, it looks super fucking cool. Just not right now. <laughs> I need a minute. I need to prepare myself mentally. So like that kind so, of good. So you did, so you did checks quest too, since you're doing boomer shooters. Yes, exactly. And also <laughs> Noah's Ark. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hit them all. Uh, but yeah, so like stuff like that. But then also um, I've been kind of on a weeb binge i don't know why uh, i was yeah, telling because because we're getting back into the pot like i yeah. said earlier dude you have a gimmick to protect i uh i was telling chris that like my my anime-ness comes and goes usually it's because i know exactly why the cycle happens which is i start consuming it and then i remember why i stopped consuming it so <laughs> uh i i've been reading a lot of like manga uh, so like one piece is, and stuff is not what I mean. Like I'm always following that, but like, there's been a lot of good series lately that have really captured me. But the number one thing right now that I've been enjoying, it's only on episode four is a show called, uh, the ranking of Kings or Osama ranking. And it's made by studio wit who people would know from attack on Titan and a bunch of other really popular shit. So they are a very well-known studio and they're yeah. making this very like Ghibli esque show. Uh, which is kind of a it's a it's a disservice to just like say oh it's like Ghibli but it's the story about this young boy who lives in a kingdom where or a world rather where kings are ranked and it starts off in the first episode with this kind of cheery down on his luck like misfit he's he's deaf and dumb as a result and he can't talk and he's very physically weak and the first episode leads you to believe it's going to be this like kind of happy touchy feely uh like friendship thing and then in episode two you watch the backstory of a side character and find out how his clan was wiped out it's very bloody and gory uh and then well not i shouldn't say bloody and gory it's just like dark it's way darker yeah. than you would expect right. for like you've seen a screenshot of it, it looks like a children's show basically yeah, exactly. right and right. then in the third episode, the king dies and out of him comes this adventure time looking demon. Like it looks like some warped fucked shit that just comes out of the king. And he doesn't make a noise. His his mouth is like gaping open in the shape of a heart. And he like kind of curls his fingers. He's like massive. And he looks down on the people. He just goes oh, ho, 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 and then vanishes. And you're like, what the fuck was that? And then. <laughs> One of uh, in the fourth episode, one of the prince's retainers shoves him into the pit of hell. That's the cliffhanger of the episode Jesus we're on Christ. right now. And also he gets separated from his retainers while he's on his journey. And he meets this guy wearing a crown and like fur. It's like some weirdo in the woods. And he teaches him like the cycle of life and death, which is this nebulous black cloud in the shape of kind of a horse. Except the horse's two ends 
are asses, both of them. And the asses open up and suck up spirits and then spit out new animals. And then they dance in the moonlight. But then the guy in the crown says, see, this is how sacrifices give new opportunities for us hunters. Are you going to be my sacrifice? And then the uh, Boji just runs away and they kind of don't talk about it ever again. It's fucking weird. <laughs> but like it's it's just really captivating because it's like you can tell it's this world that this the the mangaka i looked at the manga a little bit it's like the show is done the the artistic fidelity of the show is way better but you can tell even when the the mangaka looks like he's drawing a demented children's comic basically like yeah you can tell he's thought a lot about this world but he just doesn't give a shit if you understand it right it's just like uh, right like mm-hmm. okay that was weird moving on right i know yeah, what that is don't right. worry about it it's not important right we're, do, we're doing boji's quest to become the <laughs> biggest king don't worry about the weird shit right yeah don't it's, worry it, about it's double ass ended horse pooping yeah ghosts. It's, it's it's surreal but it's just it's so fucking good and it still has those like again ghibli is uh, i have a poor vocabulary for it but it's the best thing i can describe just it's like feel good it's it's a classic hero's tale right which yeah. it's just it's it's a zero to hero story you know who you're rooting for you know who you, who you dislike but even that gets turned on its head like it starts off in the first episode with like this bitchy queen his bitchy stepmom that you're like oh she's crazy she's she wants boji out of there and it turns out she was like a totally loving stepmom and boji loves her and all this it's just like it's it's so good i don't know how yeah. to, i i will i hope it stays good because i would love to talk to you about it but I've been on a wee binge because there has been great shit like that to consume. So I, it's, it's always nice when like, I always, I, I kind of feel the same way about like fighting games right now where it's like, I recently got back into strive and it was, it's been the first fighting game since like we were like playing a shit ton of Tekken mm-hmm. that I've like kind of got back into. And, um, and that was like a couple months ago, uh, just because like the, the baby was coming and everything. And so it was just nice to sit down and be like, I am just truly enjoying myself for no other reason than the content that I'm consuming is enjoyable to me. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's it. And, and it also sounds like for the record, it also sounds <laughs> sounds like this is one of those animes or mangas where you are like, I have to show you all of these before you can watch this yeah right it's it i have a proclivity in general and you know this for just weird shit in general and yeah. and osama ranking is just kind of on this pre- it's right on the precipice of just being like so weird only i would like it and still having that like grounded kind of like every man quality to it everybody could lo- get behind Boji and his heartwarming story of how he became the greatest king and yeah there's some weird dark shit but i don't really pay attention to that that much right so well yeah and i, well, I think you know it's in a way it's it's a lot of what we talked about with one piece right where it's like you know you can you can pay attention to the absurdity of a lot of these characters and these villains that show up but at the end of the day there's just something innately consumable about I will I refuse to abandon my crew. Yeah. Right. My friends. Right. Mm-hmm. The the Nakama. Right. Yeah. There's just something that's just so consumable about it and tangible that it just speaks to like uh, an innate human quality that everybody empathizes with. You know? Yeah. Lamau, I am a rubber man, but also yeah. <laughs> right. Like uh, I have but this- also. Yes, I have I, I, good. 
I was going to say, I have a rubber penis. Yeah. The canonical rubber penis extension. Yeah. But yeah, like, like you were about to say, like, it's like, you know, I have this undying love for the people that love me. Yeah. Right. You it's, know, it's Lamau. I am a rubber man, but also I am causing the world to question its moral compass. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's just something that's like, I, I would never say that. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say this about anything in general. I would never say that most anime is like high art, but yeah. sometimes they just touch on this really nice core level of entertainment, right? Like, right. You don't have to think too hard about the heroes and villains in Bulgy's story. There's nice little twists or like episode I think it's three, right? Like, oh, the bitchy queen isn't the bitchy queen. She actually loves Boji so much. She's just been hard on him, right? Because she yeah. wa she wants him to shape up. And like stuff like that is like, oh, that's that's like good. It's not going mm -hmm. to the trope, but it's also not like, I don't know, fucking like Game of Thrones where you have this tangled web. Like that's compelling, yeah. but not right. everything has to be that because you're going to end up with shows that can't do that well yeah right i mean not not every story needs a little finger yeah you know right and i think i think i think that's like that's the best that i can like summarize it with and visualize it with this is like sometimes you just want a straightforward like hey the good guys are good the bad guys are bad yeah <laughs> you know so uh and speaking of bad guys mm -hmm. um something non-anime that I've been slacking on for a while that I recently got into because my wife was like, will you please just fucking watch this with me now that you have six weeks off of work to take care of our baby? Because I think I've been trying to convince you to watch the show forever. And I finally watched it and I binged it in like four days wow. <laughs> up to like, um, but I've really fucking been enjoying succession. Um, mm. If you watched or I looked into succession at all. I, I don't even know what it is. So hit me. Scott, Scott. I'm not even going to do a shill on it because there's not really much to shill outside of it's one of the most. It's one of the most compelling shows that I've ever seen based on the just based on the sheer fact that it is about like six individual characters being as Machiavellian as possible to each other. Okay, it's, well, now I want to see it. It's incredible. It is. So the cast is the cast is just out of sight. Um, but the story itself is it's kind of loosely based on the Murdochs. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's about this patriarch of a family that is the CEO and um, founder of a big like news conglomerate corporation. Right. It's called Waystar Royco. It's. um. It's Logan Roy um, is the is the is the character that I'm speaking of, played by Brian Cox, played expertly by, by Brian Cox. And he is just this stone cold, completely like seemingly detached, manipulative executive businessman that has all of his kids involved with him in one way or the other. Some of his kids are executives within the company alongside of him. Some of them are outside of the company and he's trying to bring them in. You know, it's just, yeah. it's this really interesting, like um, almost, it, it's almost like, like a six degrees of Logan Roy type situation where mm -hmm. the main character is the focal point. Yet he's not 
the main character or the main story, right. so to speak, right? But the show itself starts out with um, his um, his son, who uh, is like the one of the middle children. He has four children. Um, he has an eldest son, um, uh, Connor. Kendall, who I'm referencing here right now, is the second oldest, I think. Second oldest son, yeah. And then Roman, who's played by played by um uh the fucking Culkin that just hosted SNL. Not Rory. What's the other Culkin's name? It's not Macaulay. Yeah, I don't know. I was about to say uh, Macaulay. I can't think of it right now for we'll whatever look it reason. Up after. Yeah, go for it. Kieran, Kieran, oh, Kieran, Kieran, Macaul- Kieran Culkin. Okay. He plays the youngest son, and then there's there's uh he has a daughter in there played by Sarah Snook named Siobhan. Um, but the show opens up really interestingly, right? The show opens up, the premise is set where he's, um, he's getting ready to transition to stepping down. And the impression that you get is that Kendall has been put in charge of acquiring a, a tech startup. That's kind of like a Buzzfeed mm-hmm. because again, Waystar Royco is like this huge media corporation. So he's been put in charge of acquiring this like hot news tech startup that's like BuzzFeed and he fucks the deal. Mm. Right. And um, later in the ep- like th- that becomes kind of like the, the the starting point to everything that happens in the show, because it's it's really it's really um, centered on everybody just trying to fuck each other over. Right. Yeah. The kids all want a piece of him. Um, he constantly changes his mind because he's an old cootie boomer, right? Mm. And he doesn't want to let go of his baby, his company. And they're all just sabotaging each other, right? They're playing their biggest weaknesses up against each other. People's drug problems, people's marital, like their siblings' yeah. marital problems, right? You have this really interesting character of the eldest son, Connor, who is just kind of out doing crazy shit on his dad's dime, right? Like he... He uh, is dating this prostitute. And oh, he's my like, God. Yeah, he's trying to um, get her get her. She's like a, a playwright. So he's trying to get her play booked somewhere. And he then he decides at one point that he wants to run for president. Right. It's, it's all these really interesting characters that make up this family. That's, I think, a really. Um, it's a really smart take on rich white people. Right. Yeah. Like it's. It's a it's a it's a lens and a view into a cast of extremely unlikable characters. Right. That are all involved in these Machiavellian plots to see to their own desires and what their own end goals are. Yeah. And it's it's a very easily digestible show because it one thing that I think that it's really interesting about it is it doesn't have this overarching narrative where it's like, um you know, like it takes place over years, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it, where it, it's like, well, we're going to show in 2015. And then by season three, we're in 2021. It's like it, the seasons bleed into one another seamlessly. So it becomes this, this really digestible, like uh watch session of who's going to do what next. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, I, I've been really, really enjoying it. Um, it's it's definitely a breath of fresh air from a lot of the stuff that is out there in the mainstream right now and what's popular in television and, and serial and episodic shows. The show itself has won an, a tons of awards. I hear people talking about it all the time. And yet I still feel like it was so much better than 
and it is so much better than all of that sets up for it. Um, just, just a really, really great, great show. Hard recommendation from me for you. You'll fucking love it. Yeah, it sounds like it. Like it's, I feel that, and it might just be like the content circles I run in. I feel that modern politics, the modern political shows are not that common anymore. Like there was house of cards for a while. And that was like, I don't mean political in like, it has to do with politics. Politics, I mean, it is political in nature. Yeah. Right. Like it's politicking is the action. The characters take on the show. Right. Yeah. So there's like house of cards for a while. There's like, I mean, like, I guess you could say a lot of the crime dramas like Ozark and breaking bad have a component of that to them, but there's not really like, and then I guess there's like movies like the big short and things like that. But then there's not a lot of shows that are just like, yeah, it's, it's just a bunch of cutthroat businessmen out to fuck each other. Like that's, that's to me is super compelling because it's like, it's very grounded and real and there's so much stuff that you can write into that, that you don't have to deal with the cliches and the um uh uh the tropes of whether you're doing that in fantasy or sci-fi or whatever right like there's it's it feels to me like unexplored territory i don't know in a lot of ways i think it is in this like it is and it's especially because it's almost like inherently subversive right because you always enter a show or a movie or whatever, right? A story. You always enter a story with like, okay, there is a protagonist and an antagonist and there's the cast of characters around them. And it's all going to, they're all going to interact with each other and you know, Oh, what a tangled web we weave. Right. And in in this, in the same sense that you just mentioned game of Thrones a few minutes ago, where it's like, there's all these super complex relationships and there's a political aspect to that. But still the point is, the fantasy right the point is the fantasy the point is the fucking dragons and the unfulfilled prophecies and you know fucking l plus r equals j yeah right so what i really find so like beautiful about succession is that it, it sticks to those like really core ideas of like you said like we're all just cutthroat and we're all after the same golden goose Mm-hmm. how are we going to obtain this you know yeah. and i what's what i think is what i my favorite takeaway from the show when i started watching it was i looked at ashley and i was like who am i supposed to like in this television show yeah who is the protagonist is there a protagonist i don't think there is right so it it just really becomes this revolving door of who you the viewer are allying yourself with in the moment yeah and how they will levy their intentions onto the other characters which might make you turn against them too it's really fucking fun this this show seems like it's made for me you you know too that i like villains more than i like heroes for the most part my two favorite characters in game of thrones were joffrey and Littlefinger. so i still think Littlefinger should have won but yeah, I, I I mean, don't we all? This is this is villains the show. I mean right? like, I'm fucking digging it. You have to <laughs> you have to send me uh, the name of it in a message so I can remember to look it up later. Yeah. But this this does seem tailor made to me. This sounds really cool. I will. I so there's one 
small spoiler that mm. I just I just got to tell you about that. It's it was it's one of my favorite moments of the show, and it occurs in um, it occurs in season one, mm-hmm. um, where I think one I, either early season on. one or, or or early season two, right? Uh, they're just into like episode four of season three right now, so okay. it's it's still pretty fresh. But uh, they get together for a bachelor party, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's a bunch of the, it's a bunch of the dudes, and it's um siobhan's um fiance who's marrying into the family and is also involved in the in the business her brothers and a couple of their friends right Mm -hmm. and they go to this and why i love it is like i stepped away from the tv and i was like i fucking hate rich people (laughs) yeah because so they they go to this like train yard right Mm -hmm. and they're walking down this train yard and kieran culkin's character roman is like uh talking about how they're going to this spot and like oh just shut up don't don't talk about it right and they they enter this tunnel and they go through this like super complex um cavern of hallways that are in this you know like de- desolate building and then they get into this like old freight elevator and they go and they go up the elevator and they're looking at New York City as they're going up the elevator and they get to the top and there's a there's a a, a person there that like looks at Roman and they're like, all right, yeah, you're good. Right. Like I know you're, right. you're good. And then they go into this ultra sick club. That's like in the, in, in this like disgusting warehouse, but it's like this really nice bar. And there's like this fucking, there's like EDM playing and oh, like man. all this crazy shit. Yeah. And Roman goes on to explain it. And he's like, this is a place where you can do anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And Tom, the 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 guy that's getting married, Siobhan's fiance is like anything. And and they're like, yeah, anything like you just kind of just you kind of just fuck each other. Right. Yeah. So it, like at one point he's like, he's like, oh, oh, I, I don't know if I want to I don't know if I want to do this. She looks really hot. This girl looks really hot over there. And Roman's like, good, buddy. Like this is this is what it's yeah. for. And he's like, well, what's Siobhan going to say and all this stuff? And he's like, oh, Siobhan, whatever. Just go do it. Right. So he goes and he comes back and he's like, she went down on me and then she, she kissed me and she made me swallow my own load. Oh my God. It's like, she snowballed him. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, at that point I was like, uh, I was like, it's fucking disgusting. Right. And then the next episode, they're in like there's they show up to a family dinner. Yeah. Right. Of course he and brings Ro- it up. Yeah. Roman brings the girl as his date. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just that thing of just like, yeah. I fucking hate rich people. Well, this is well, the type of shit they do to each I, other. It's eyes wide shut shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's <laughs> yeah. just like you know they're doing like the most depraved shit ever. Yeah. It. That, this sound this sounds like something for me. I, I feel yeah. like I will I will love these characters. It, yeah, it, absolutely. It ranges from like the type of fucking like hijinks that they get up to range from ultra petty bullshit like that into like I just I just cost you a hundred million dollars. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you'll love it. I've been loving it. It's airing. It's currently in season. It's airing weekly on. It's on season three. So if you manage to get caught up, you'll probably get current before the the current mm-hmm. season ends um but yeah hard recommendation high marks for me and then outside of that i, I ain't got shit that's all I, that's basically all yeah. that i'm outside outside of reading books that i just 
don't have time to talk about right now outside of reading Cosmere shit. Mm-hmm. It's just way too complex to talk about within the, the, the fair few minutes that we have left here. Succession is it. Yeah. Well, we, we have the pay-per-view to look forward to, too. That's right. We got this full gear this weekend we got coming up here. So the last show that we did was the, the wrestling show, which culminated in us watching All In together. All Out, sorry. All, all out, out together. Yeah. And this is the next pay-per-view, which if if you listen to the wrestling show, you'll know that I was the most excited because I thought that it was going to be Hangman Adam Page versus Kenny Omega for the title. But that didn't happen. But now it's happening at full gear. Yeah. So now we're going to get that. I, I am still very behind and I got to get caught up by the pay-per-view, but I'm excited. Uh, there's been some events that I've seen that have been really pumping me up. I now have some of my own personal favorites that I'm keeping an eye Ooh. on. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk uh, once I get caught up and I have the full context, we'll you and I will talk what we'll to talk about our impressions of the pay-per-view too. But yeah, um, yeah, we're going to do that. Uh, I will just say that uh, you, you need to, you need to be aware that I really like MJF. I that, really, really like him. I, hey man, his mom, his mom's an old slut. Yeah, it's uh, I I saw the video of him singing on fucking Ellen DeGeneres. It was great. (laughs) I saw the video of him reacting to him finding out that they have the video of him on Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, oh, he's so good. The man man lives, breathes, eats and shits his gimmick. Yes, (laughs) it's it's the best. Um, I'll tell you, I think the match outside of Hangman and Kenny, obviously the match that I'm really fucking looking forward to is Eddie Kingston, CM Punk. Yeah. That's going to be that's going to be the hot one. That's going to be the barn burner, I think. All right. That, well, that's this Saturday. Yeah. And I'm sure you will hear about it all next week. But we are going to be bringing shills back. Shills yes. are on the menu. I don't even know what Scott's playing for me because he's up. I have, I'm excited for it. I have a series of one offs. And the first one is going to be Undertale. <laughs> Oh, yeah. OK. I, I want to show you this game. I want to talk. Up, <clears throat> excuse me. I want to talk about more JRPGs and stuff like that anyway. And this is a good introduction. But most importantly, I want to be able to have a conversation with you about game design that we're going to talk about after Undertale, because this shitty little I shouldn't say shitty because it's not at all this tiny little indie game made by one man who impressed Masahiro Sakurai so much that he got his indie game into Smash Brothers, uh, (laughs) I think is one of the most creatively important games of the last decade. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I hear a lot of good things about it. I know that Kenny Omega is a huge stand for it. So I, I mean, so much so that he came out as... As Sans, yep. As Sans, yep. To Megalovania megalomania megalovania and, uh, you were right oh it's it's megalovania yep megalovania um but that's 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 the extent of my knowledge so yeah. um we'll have I'm, a good I'm excited time. for it yeah i'm looking forward to it or in the words of sans we're gonna have a bad time but anyway go ahead we always have a bad time though because it usually ends up in one of the two of us crying for some reason right <laughs> it's the afters it's the the, li- the lingering sense of regret that's right well don't forget manyfolds.com spotify itunes Amazon, tune in, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your pods. You can listen to all the old episodes of King of the Shill. Get ready for the new shills that are coming up. And if you're watching Full Gear, you can kind of 
listen to see what to expect about our commentary. It's good, I promise. Yeah. Uh, come say hi at Twitter, The Many Folds, and on Instagram at the same. We don't have a Facebook. We never will because we're not part of the metaverse. Uh, yeah, it's a metaverse now. Excuse me. I guess I guess we technically are as Instagram. So let me let me let me reverse that. We won't just you just won't have Facebook. Yeah. No TikTok right. either. No TikTok. Uh, I mean, unless I get one of those cool fucking things that like spins the phone around you so that I can do like helicopter dick videos and send them to you. <laughs> meat spin videos. <laughs> yeah. Me, POV or in meat yeah. spin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, POV, a man has just offered you meat spin. <laughs> All right, until All right. next time. Yep, See ya. Later. Peace. King of the shit.